and welcome to Take a Walk with me, your host, Caitlin Creeper. This is the series, well, this is the type of podcast whenever you see Take a Walk on one of these podcasts, it means it's just me chatting to myself and it's meant to be just your friend calling you up, your Australian friend living in Guatemala, calling you up, telling her a little bit about her week and it's low commitment. You just get to listen, keep doing your thing. Hopefully you are on a walk or driving to work or just, you know, zipping around your space, just gardening, whatever, whatever it is you do when you listen to podcasts. I know I do all sorts of different things when I listen to podcasts because I like to hear other people talking in my head. So I can't hear myself talking in my head. (laughs) A bad joke, but I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Basically, so many things. Where do I even start? Well, number one is I am recording this at night. So if you listen to my last Take a Walk episode, you will know that I was kind of going back and forth a little bit because there is construction going on next door. And this construction, for some reason, I mean, I'm not a construction worker, so (laughs) I can't say anything, but a lot of banging, a lot of banging on the side of the house. And because the way these houses here in Antigua are designed, There's not a house and then a backyard and then another house. These houses are pushed up next to each other. So if someone is knocking on the wall of the house next door, they're knocking on this wall that I live in. So there is no editing around it. There's no way around it. It's just there and it's a lot and it's all day long. So last week I was trying to like time myself around the banging. I got about a 15 minute window. Then I got to snuck in, like sneak in and record. And then it stopped, I think, because the workers like went to get a coffee. <laughs> so then I snuck in and recorded the rest. But it's just, it's just not what's up. I want to settle in. I want to get into a bit of a flow and I just want to chat. And like realistically, really, am I really going to go next door and be like, hi, would you mind not? building a house for half an hour because I'm like talking to myself for half an hour and I need to hear myself think I just I just can't be that person so this is until this house is built this is what we got this is who I am (laughs) and this is where we are all to make a more pleasant like a more pleasant listening experience for you so what's going on in my world (sighs) a lot of things there's a lot of moving pieces Ugo is on vacation for a month, which has meant we are the kind of couple who really try to get a lot of stuff done on the weekends. Usually we're working on some kind of project, the biggest one having been the house we've been building on the beach for the past few years. So, you know, that's just like a baby that never stops crying. There's always something to do with that. Um, usually on the weekends because all works full time, but yeah, he's had this month off, which has mean we've been running around like headless chickens trying to do everything. It's just been like one giant weekend trying to cram everything in. We've been going from the beach back to Antigua. It's about an hour and a half away. Jago's been finishing up his little daycare kindy. They, this is his last day tomorrow. <laughs> he's ending his first year of daycare slash kindergarten. I still don't really know what the deal is here, how it really works. It's not school. I'll tell you that much. It's definitely not school yet because he's three and a half, but it's actually quite emotional. You know, this, this kindergarten has been such a positive thing in my life, not because just because the teacher is amazing, but just the community that has come with it, just this sense of belonging that has come with it, the routine 
has just been life-changing for me this year because I kept Jago home until he was about two and a half and that was amazing in a lot of ways but also very structureless in a lot of ways and and I think I held off for such a long time because I was so scared of the unknown and I think I'd heard all these scary stories about daycare and how your kid like stresses out without you and and all this stuff. And so I really thought I was doing the right thing by keeping him home all that time. But we were definitely having like problems with like behavior. I was getting burnt out. I wasn't performing at work in the way, not in the way I'm like socially conditioned to perform. I mean, just in a way where I could feel like good and productive about where I was at and what I was creating like having enough space to kind of think and create and really follow a task from start to finish. I mean, here in Guate, daycare is only four hours anyway. So it's it's only eight to 12 basically. Um, But finally deciding to put him into this small daycare run by this amazing woman who is like a child psych and just has just been so amazing with Jago, completely change his like attitude around. I don't want to say attitude because I grew up being told I had an attitude and I don't think it's altogether a bad thing, but like this, this incoherence between him and I, where there was just no like listening. And that could be because he's a toddler. Like, of course he was two and a half back then. Now he's three and a half. Maybe it's, that's just like the gradual flow of time, but little things like learning, like, yeah, when you, when you scratch someone that has an impact, like he started and I was so, he was biting the kids when he started at the start of the year. And I was so worried about this, like, what do we do? And then you hear this advice like, well, you should bite them back or you should like let the kids take care of it because it's the laws of the jungle and they always figure it out. And like, that's fucking bullshit. I don't think you should leave kids alone to figure things out. Like, I just think that's, maybe that's because I have an only child. I don't have another kid, but I really don't think that's what we should be letting happening. Like laws of the jungle. Like, I don't think so. Laws of the jungle are scary. Um, but I didn't know how to stop things like this, like biting, scratching, like things like that. I just, I had no framework of how to even start to teach a little human how to not do these things because what like is so conditioned to us is like, or hit them or like shame them or yell at them or scare them. And I already knew from like a very young age, that was not like the tactic I wanted to take with Joel. But at the same time, I didn't know what the like, so I never did, like I never hit him, like try really hard not to like raise my voice. Cause I didn't just want him to be like, oh, I listen to mom cause she scares me. But I didn't know what the alternative was either. I didn't know how to like command his attention. I didn't know how to command like his respect. I didn't know how to like teach him something like we don't bite people or we don't push people. I didn't know how to do that. And really from like working with Jago's kindy teacher, I have learned what's like holding a boundary and not being pushed past that while also not resorting to like scare tactics. So, you know, helping Jago acknowledge the impact of like hurting someone. And it's just been so wild how in, how in this last year alone, how, how much that thing has died down. I mean, I haven't heard of him biting anyone since over six months ago. If pushing happens between the kids, there's always like this resolution that happens. And, and believe me, when we get to the beach and he's hanging with his like little backdoor neighbor, like it's a little bit more of like a brother sister dynamic. And it's definitely a little bit more scrappy, but we definitely, 
intervene and he's definitely a lot more aware of impact on people like impact on others and I literally put this down to this woman who guided me in how to do these things because I had no clue and this is the thing right some things can be instinctive in parenthood. I think nurturing comes really instinctive to me, but holding boundaries, how to like actually teach something, it didn't come naturally to me. I mean, there are things I still to this day, like don't know. I remember when I took Jago to the pediatrician last and he had a lot of, it's black sand here at the beach. It's like black volcanic sand. It gets really stuck in your ears. And I took him to the pediatrician for something else. But I said, also, he's got like all this black sand in his ear. What do I do to like clean his ears out? Because I've heard you're not meant to stick um, earbuds, cotton buds into kids' ears. And he's like, oh, you tell him to stick his finger in his ear and clean it under the shower. And I was like, oh, (laughs) That's simple, huh? (laughs) Like it's really interesting what happens when your kid moves from like a baby toddler to like a kid. And I think maybe the mums sometimes are the last people to see this because what I didn't realize is at kindy, Jago had been like pulling up his own pants after going to the bathroom. He was able to like put his own like sweater on. He was like, there was so he's able to like wash his own hands after the bathroom. Like there's so many there's this thing of him now becoming autonomous where my role is not to like lift him up out of the bath and then like put his pajamas on him. It's to like help him out of the bath, wrap a towel around him and like help him step into his pajamas. So it's like this next chapter, which is almost like stepping back and the tasks which were actually kind of easier when they were hands-on because I got to like choose the pajamas he was wearing and the onesie and then just put him in it and then that was it, even if he was wriggling around. But now like you're kind of meant to like foster their little personality a bit. So, you know, they should be sort of allowed to choose what clothes they wear, not style of clothes, obviously, if it's freezing and they don't want to wear a sweater, they have to wear a sweater. But like, oh, I'd rather wear this T-shirt. And even if I had preferred he would have worn this T-shirt, I kind of have to like start thinking of other factors his own individuality. Like we had a Thanksgiving dinner a few weeks ago and I had this really cute little stripy green shirt, collared little t-shirt shirt out for him. And I was so excited for him to wear it. And he was like, no, I don't want to wear it. I don't want to wear it. And he just like did not want to wear it. And if he was smaller, I could have just put it on him and been like, well, here we go. We're out the door. But I had to be like, okay, why do I want him to wear it? because it looks cute and because I enjoy it. And I know when we get to this Thanksgiving dinner, the other adults will enjoy how he looks. And I had to kind of think like, okay, this is for me. This isn't for him. And he ended up choosing his same fucking Lightning McQueen t-shirt, which he wears to daycare, which he wears everywhere, which is ratty and old. But like, I had to think like, okay, what is really important here? And So all these new things that are coming with a three-year-old, it's a really fun age. It's really interesting because you you can actually have conversations with him now and he has his own little little taste, his own little everything. He tells me his favorite color is red, which is really cool. Like, cool, your favorite color is red. I got my nails done and I got them red and he was like, oh, that's my favorite color. So things like that is really fun. And also just I think the fact how kids are just so – unexpected the stuff they say like I I remember we did a a field trip a few months ago where all the teachers had to lead a workshop for the kids 
and you had to choose something that was important to you or your family and kind of like teach the other kids this too, the other kids in his kindy. So we had really cool workshops. We had like woodworking workshops. We made traditional kites with another family. We did like um, one of the one of the parents is like a music therapist for kids. So we did like music therapy. And then for Ugo and I, it was too far to take them to the beach. So we took the kids to a skate park because of course we did and we got all the kids into the combi and we were driving down to this little skate park that we like and and I was I had this whole kind of kids playlist you know made up and and I said to I said to the kids teacher like what music do they like to listen to and she goes you know what they really like Daft Punk me and Uga were like what? And she's like, yeah, they just, whenever I put it on, they just rock out, like, you know, that one more time. So like, and I'm like, I just never would have thought in a million years that they like rocking out to Daft Punk. Like it's fucking hilarious. And then now they've moved on from the, from their Daft Punk era. And now they're in their, now the one, all the kids, not just Jaggle, but his little mates, when I give them rides places, this is what they ask for. They ask for the final countdown by like Europe, I think it is. You know, it's the final countdown. And these kids, you can see them when you play the song and they're like gearing up for the big like, ah, the final. I'm like, you're three and a half. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it really just shows me kids are going to be whoever they are. This thing that we think we can guide what they're going to like, who they're going to be, what their tastes are going to be is just so not a thing. So I just, I really hope to God that he does like surfing and skating because if not, he's going to be very bored a lot of the time. (laughs) I'm kidding. Of course, we'll like nurture his whatever he wants to do, but fuck, I really hope it's surfing. Don't tell him I said that. But yeah, it's just been really fun. It's been a really amazing year. I never I never really pictured myself ending up the year and just being so content in this like rhythm of a kindergarten mum and in this little knot of parents in this little community, which has just been so cool. And it has just forced me to expand in so many different ways that I didn't really, I wasn't really having to nurture before, you know, and yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that that's coming to a close. He's got about a month off, so we'll be going to stay at Ugo's parents' house. We'll be going to the beach. We'll be hopefully surfing as much as we can, which I've been doing a little bit more of lately. You've probably noticed it's kind of creeping into the conversation, as it always does with surfers and skaters. If you've ever been one, which if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're one of or have a similar sport. It is it leads into all the conversations so we were at the beach a few days ago the truth is we could have spent this whole week at the beach like that was kind of the plan because it was on vacations it was kind of meant to be like all right let's do a family week at the beach let's surf our brains out and I think this is like a very big testament to how much I have changed because I kind of had the option of like coming back into like the city it's not the city but it's a city to finish out Jaggle's week of kindy or stay at the beach and like surf. But I knew he had little like craft projects that were undone. Like they still hadn't been finished yet. And like a year ago, I would have been like, okay, craft projects. But now I'm like, yes, these kids have deliverables. Like I want to see this. (laughs) It's just crazy how much things become important. And 
and I just wanted him to finish off his his year with his little mates who have become so important to him. You know, he talks about these people when he's not even with them and they exist for him in his little heart and mind. And it's just like, oh, this is really my kid becoming his own person. And anyway, three and a half is a super fun age, people. It gets easier. It gets easier. I promise if you're if you've not even jumped off that deep end yet or if you're kind of in the early days of having kids it gets fun like it gets really fun and they get their little personalities and and it's a good time. So yeah. So what else is going on with me? Well, I actually wanted to talk about Suits, the TV show. And like I know it's super old. I know a lot of people kind of watched it a long time ago and then they kind of left that station a long time ago. But for me, I'm kind of on this second wave of it being re-uploaded to Netflix. And I think quite a few people are uh, re-watching it too. And I wanted to talk about it. So I'm moving through this series very slowly. Ugo and I started together and he is someone who gets like really hooked on a series and he'll stay up late to see what happens. You know, he'll stay up to one or two to be like, oh, I just couldn't put it down. But for me, like I think he tolerates little sleep better than I do, whereas I don't. So I know if I kind of watch two more episodes, I've like fucked my whole next day. Basically, I just, I can't. I've done it too many times. I burnt myself too many times. Can't do it to myself anymore. So I move like really, really slowly and I probably watch one episode a night, maybe four nights a week. So he's already finished the series and I'm on season four and there are like a million seasons maybe nine, but if anyone hasn't ever seen it, it's a show about this major law firm in New York. And I don't know how everyone isn't just having heart attacks every day, like the cases they have, the amount of money that's involved, the way that they come at each other. I could not, oh, I could not live like this. It makes my skin crawl. I can't believe people do live like this. It's pretty amazing. But I think what I am enjoying most about this TV series is this like It's like this push-pull between winning, losing, accepting defeat and like putting your head down with like dignity versus being like backed in a corner by someone and then just like busting out of it at the last second by pulling out this amazing like solution. It's just like this, this human, this ping pong human interaction, which is just so fascinating to watch episode over episode and how just like even the slickest, smartest people get taken down sometimes. And sometimes they just have to wear it. They just have to accept defeat. They just have to look stupid. They just have to like not have the last word and they just have to like lose. And that's actually something. Can you like, this is really, it's actually been really inspirational, this show in a lot of ways. But it's something that I'm trying to bring into my daily life. Like, I'm truly being influenced by this. And that is like not wasting so much energy having to defend myself in my daily life. Like, not always having to have this sort of upper hand in a conversation, like, not always having to not look stupid. Now, I've noticed so often I, I have to say something in an interaction to get myself like back on top, like in a work conversation or in a conversation with my in-laws. Like it's usually the people I am worried about what they think of me and I don't want them to think of me as like dumb or like um inept. What's the word? Oh, inept isn't the word, but let's say like, like um not skilled, not sharp, not capable. So like sometimes when someone is giving me a suggestion of how I can improve something, be it an episode of my podcast, be it something with work, be it something I'm doing with Jago, 
I have this like, it's almost this knee-jerk reaction that I'm not even conscious of to like shut down this sentence before the person's even finished and not to be like, oh, shut up or to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already, yeah, I'm onto it. Or like, oh, it's just this way of being like pushing their, (laughs) pushing them away from me and staying like right in myself. And I think it comes from this, it's annoying. Like I'm not saying like, this is a good thing (laughs) at all, but I think it comes from this massive fear of like losing control of myself by someone else calling the shots in my life, this massive fear of someone thinking I'm not capable. But but with Suits, with these people in the show, they're the most capable lawyers in the country and even they know when to shut up, when to take the loss, when to put their head down, when to take advice. They also know when to zap out and completely dominate a situation. But it's this changing thing. There is no one person in this show who is always right. All of them are like vulnerable. All of them are fallible. All of them have their little Achilles heels. And you know, I realize I have just such a long way to go when it comes to vulnerable or productive communication with people. When I am like, maybe not necessarily in the position of power or when I'm in the wrong. And it just made me think of how much better I would be as a person if I knew when to like bite my tongue or say, thanks for the advice or, okay, I'll do that instead. So yeah, it's, it's actually been really quite inspirational. And that is something I'm working on. Cause I think if these ardent professionals, I know they don't exist. I know they're just characters, but like, if even they can know when to like, shut up, surely I can also teach myself when to, when to accept someone else's advice and when to accept that I am possibly wrong or could be doing something better or could be doing something a different way. I don't know. But anyway, the main chick in the law law firm, the managing partner, her name's Jessica Beerson, and she has Ugo and I both transfixed. It's kind of how amazing how she composes herself. And when she's furious, really angry, her voice gets calmer and deeper and how she can express such total self-control, but unbreakable boundaries at the same time while not scaring anyone, yelling at anyone, going for any kind of mm, immature communication is pretty incredible. And again, no, it's just a character and this is a fictional show. But man, it also makes me want to explore more of a command of my voice myself and kind of be more conscious of what I'm saying. (sighs) I don't know. Lots to learn. As you can tell, I'm having a good time watching the show. You should watch it. If you've seen it before, watch it again. Think of me. It'll be like we're watching it together. And yeah, I mean, the fact that I am working through this show is actually a big thing because I generally do not finish long series with long episodes, even if they're really good. Ozark, that one, that's one I started watching and kind of dropped off after the second season. It was so good, but I just don't, here's the thing. I don't enjoy feeling weirded out by the shows I watch. When my dad came to visit me in Guatemala and was going through my Netflix, he was surprised by how many romantic movies were in recently watched. And like, I've kind of moved away a bit from those, but I definitely think there was this period after Jagger was born where I just wanted cushy, predictable things. I didn't want the world to be an unpredictable, confusing place. I just wanted it to be romance land. So that was definitely my vibe for a while. And I know I'm not the only one. I have friends who used to love horror movies. My sister used to live alone and she used to like to turn off all the lights in her house, put on horror, horrible movies, like horrible horror movies, thriller movies, ghost movies, 
oh, even talking about that, I'm alone in this apartment. Makes me look around the room. Anyway, with Juggle sleeping next door. She used to watch these horror movies by herself in a house by herself in a dark house and then happily go to bed and would just go to sleep. To me, that is fucking insane. But after she had kids, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. So I think it's actually a thing for a while after you have kids, you don't want to be freaked out because you're just freaked out by every single thought in your head about how they could get hurt. You really don't need any other any other stimulus, I think. You know, I, I have still never watched Squid Games or Black Mirror. I remember Ugo watched this limited series about this chick who crashes in a small plane. And I think it's literally called Stay Alive. And it was eight episodes of her trying to literally stay alive on this deserted island. And I'm thinking, why? Why is that fun to watch? And there was another one that came out recently of some pregnant chick in a shipping container. And I think this whole premise is her trying to get out of the shipping container and just, no, 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 not for me. I don't get excited by this stuff. And this is the weirdest connection that I made. But when my siblings and I used to play Grand Theft Auto, of all things, I didn't run around like shooting people and doing the challenges and shooting the prostitutes or whatever. I would turn on the radio. If you've ever played Grand Theft Auto, you can actually change the radio station. And I used to just cruise up and down the boulevard in Grand Theft Auto listening to music. I used Grand Theft Auto to calm myself down and go for a cruise because I was not yet of an age where I could get in my car and cruise. So yeah, I'm very vanilla in my recreational Netflix use. I just I just want to feel good. But I do like challenging books. I can do sad, moving books. For some reason, I can do those. And I don't know why that's different. But the last book I read was Solito by Javier Zamora. And this is a true story about a nine-year-old boy who migrates from El Salvador to the States by bus and on foot. And oh my God, it was really hard to read, but really, really good. Because here having lived in El Salvador first, then in Guatemala, you actually see that a lot. You see people from your community leaving to, I'm going to put quotation marks here, illegally. It's not illegally. It's bullshit. But to, it's what is said. So let's say that, even though it's fucking not. <sighs> so you actually see people immigrating to the States a lot. You see a lot of people in your community leaving to do that. And it's, it's the strangest thing. It will be someone you saw every day down the street on your way, like walking down the street. It would be a partner of your friend. It would be your neighbor's nephew. It would happen all the time. It still happens all the time um, that someone would leave. And while I always knew that to get from, you know, Central America to cross into the States was completely fucked and that these people had to walk through the harshest of climates and with kids, I didn't really know how it worked. You know, they, they call them coyotes, the, the guys that, that get them over and who kind of like manage the trip. And it's just such an insane story, this book. If you're looking for a book recommendation, it is read this book. It is so crazy that people are forced to make these kinds of decisions. And like, I have a friend whose husband left for the States in the hopes of making more income and a better life for his family. He crossed the border and she was about six months pregnant when he left. And now it's been a good six months since birth and he's never met his baby daughter and he can't come back to visit her because he doesn't have the papers. So like, if he comes back, he can't go back in. So yes, I do like, for some reason, I'm okay reading about these things in books. And anyway, I digress. But why did I also share this story? Here's the thing, even though it kind of makes my like voice shake a little bit, it like makes my heart constrict to talk about it. I'm trying to make a conscious effort to share a bit more 
Also, while I talk about Netflix, while I talk about the tiny little banalities and kindergarten and all the tiny little mundane details of my life, I'm also trying to make a conscious effort to share a bit more about things that are very normal here, or let's say normalized because it's we see it so much living here in Guate in Central America. Before that, I was living in El Salvador that might not be so normal to to you listening to this. I don't know if you have a similar life to mine. I don't know where you are in the world, but maybe it's not something you see so much every day. Um, things they see that are confronting or hard or uncomfortable. And I, I don't want to share them with the purpose of providing perspective because that's not my right nor my role nor like anything I want to be doing. It's more just sharing it for a number of reasons. Sharing it and locking it away in a time capsule. So if I ever move back to Australia, I, I remember the complete picture for myself um, because I don't know how much the complete picture is shared of what it is like to be an expat living in these places. You know, when you're not a visually skilled person such as myself, I am not a visual person. Anything you see done by the club, anything that looks beautiful, that is by Pauline. Mati, Matiot, that is fucking not by me. I do not translate my meaning of the world visually in any sense. I do things wonky all the time. My stories might be wonky. Things might not line up and it takes someone else to tell me that doesn't line up. Just like my eyeballs are not. (laughs) My eyeballs take in people, body language, and that is how I read the world. I definitely don't read nor present to the world visually. So that's like not my thing. But For example, one of the platforms we live on, operate on, move on is Instagram, which is visually based. So I think sometimes when I'm trying to like get a story across or get a caption across, though I don't really do that anymore, is I'll just pick a picture I have been seen to work with other people, like a sunset, like the beach, like a really beautiful um, picture of Antigua and the colonial town. But that is just such a small picture of what it's like to live in a place like this. So that is, and there's just so many little things that happen day to day that, you know, I talk to my other expat friends that live here and it's it's normalized for us and for them. But I also think it's important to to share that because it's not like we came here and there was just this paradise waiting for this. That's not, has not been the case for me at all. And there's a lot of grueling things that, you know, I, I see every day. And again, this is not to be a depressing podcast. It's not really, I'm not trying to give perspective. I don't, I don't want to go down that road at all. But I also think as I talk about my life and I talk about the small details, I really want to interlace it with the really big themes that I see as well. So one day when I, I look back and I listen to these things, I can really have a complete picture of, of what it was like, you know? Yeah. So thanks for listening to that. I can't believe we're already at the end of half an hour. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. No, I have one more story. I have one more story. Um, so there's a new mum at school and she's really sweet. She's really nice. And I haven't had a car the past few days and she lives really close to me. So she offered to be dropping Jaguar for me from school because she lives really close. So she's like, I'll pick him up. I'll drop him up. No worries. And you know, we're kind of in these early stages of where friendship's building and you're kind of wanting to like have them like you and not in a way that's leaving yourself, but you just want to put your best face forward. Anyway, she drops off Jago at the front of my house and it's like a very windy day. So I step outside the front gate and this, this gate is a motherfucker. Like you can't cross it. It's huge. Um, it's very standard here to have like big metal doors. 
Anyway, I didn't account for the fact that it was so windy. I step outside without my phone, without my keys, and the door slams shut behind me. (laughs) So (laughs) this poor woman, she's just dropped off Jaggle quickly to drop him off. We're still kind of like getting comfortable with each other and the friendship's budding and everything. And then, um, and I've just like locked myself out of the house in front of her with no shoes, no phone, no anything. She's like, what do you, like, can I help you? What do you want me to do? And at first I thought, well, we're all in a group chat together so she could get Ugo's number because he's not currently with me. He's, he's at the beach. I'm at the city. And so I was thinking, okay, cool. If I can just borrow your phone to call him. But then I thought, no, I think I'm just going to jump over the fence. And I mean, these fences are high. They're not easy to get over, but I just wanted, I didn't want to make a big deal of it. I didn't want to wait for someone to come open the door. I just wanted to get back in. So this poor woman had to wait with her kid, her baby in the car and juggle while I went next door, asked these builders. And actually, thank God the story comes full circle. (gasps) How is there a banging? Oh, no, these are fireworks. All right, if you noticed a small glitch in this, it's because fireworks were just going off. I waited to record this in the dead of night, tried to eliminate as many sounds as possible, but this is Latin America at Christmas time and there will be fireworks every hour of every day on every corner, everywhere you go, because it's not illegal. You buy them here in the tienda. You just buy them. Kids can buy them. Seven-year-olds can buy them. Apparently, um, the emergency room around Christmas time is hectic. And you know why? Because you can just get fireworks from anywhere. And they're going off all the time. So if there was a little glitch in my story, that's why. But anyway, this is how my story comes full circle. And actually, thank God for the construction workers next door because I had to go and ask to borrow a ladder, take the ladder from them, prop it up against my wall, and like yeet myself over the fence, landed on my feet, but you know where you land really hard and you feel it like vibrate all the way up to your knees. And then this amazing mom is outside like, are you okay? Did you land okay? Anyway, so I jumped over, got to open the door to myself again, but I was just like, I don't intentionally seek these things. I don't intentionally seek these sorts of situations, but they happen to me a lot. And I mean, if there was ever any hope of me being the cool mom, welcoming in our new friend like no I'm not the cool mum. I just blew that up I'm the mum who fucking locks herself out all the time but she said to me don't worry do it to myself too and that's the beauty of mums I really think that's the beauty of mums and that's something that's so fresh refreshing about talking to mums I know you don't have like obviously a lot of other friends who aren't mums but there is a lot of like pretense that is dropped from having to impress each other I think because we're just so fucking tired and it's just like I just can't I just can't put on a face I can't pretend to be cool and laid back and in control of my life because I'm too tired I just can't so anyway this has been my week thank you so much for listening I hope you got a good walk drive to work clean the kitchen walking around the beach whatever you're doing I don't know Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're doing while you listen to me. That would be really cool. Message me on Caitlin Creeper on Instagram. I want to know what you're doing while you listen to my podcast. I did my Spotify wrapped for the podcast. And I'm going to say I'm really touched. I'm really touched. We're not going platinum anytime soon, that's for sure. But it said like, what was it? 30 people have us in the top five podcast and something like 300 in the top 10. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
It really means so much to me. It has been a really big year. We've like 80% of our new listeners have come this year. So it's definitely been a year where I've really wanted to focus and really make sure you have something every week to listen to and to rely on and that every Tuesday you'll have something new to listen to. And I have a whole list of people I'm going to be interviewing next year. So just thank you so much for being here. And it's only going to get better from here. Until next time. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by The Salty Club, hosted by me, Caitlin Creeper, and sound and editing by Matyosh Gomsh.